Welcome into another edition of Locked On Bills. I'm your host today, Kevin Misery. Going to talk about the top, hottest topics we have today in the middle of the week. Going to go through the defense as the new Bills embedded just came out. Wanted to talk a little bit about the defense, defensive line, linebackers in segments one and two. And then we're going to finish off with a, with a small, quick recap of the Bills versus Cincinnati in, in, in our final segment of the day. But I just wanted to get rocking and rolling here. How are you doing today, Jason? I am doing great. Uh feels like, man, what a wait since the last game. Usually these preseason games come fast and furious, and this is a, like a nine-day break. Yeah, it's Friday to Sunday, so nine days, and it was eight in the first. And then, then the fourth game, which no one cares about except maybe me, is three days later or four days later on a Thursday. Right. So that'll come I don't fast. understand it. Fast and furious. Um, they just got a national game here on Sunday, so I think that played a little bit into it. Otherwise, I mean, they should just play once a week, right? Like, shouldn't it just be like – Every Friday or every Saturday, I don't understand. That's but, yeah, I don't understand why they can't coordinate a day. I mean, they they do it in the regular season. Doesn't seem like yeah. I think I they're each trying to get in TV networks, and there might be summer concerts going on at a stadiums. And I, I don't know. I don't know what what kind of say. It's you probably can, just to put it on five days a week, you know, for an NFL network schedule. Right. I mean, I, I guess you have to just think about the money when you you know, talk about what the reason for the NFL doing something is. Yeah, and they, they figured out that everyone plays like the last game on a Thursday. I just don't know why like all, all four weeks are on a Thursday or something. I don't know. Or, or even make it Sunday. It's just to prep for the week. But anyways, nonetheless, um, there is a preseason game Sunday. It is nationally televised at four o'clock versus everyone's favorite Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll get into that at the end of the show. But Jason, first, I wanted to talk to you about the defense. Uh, it, was the, it was a defensive focused embedded show today. And I figured, there's a lot to talk about the defense. There's a lot of cool storylines and, and young rookies and, and old vets and um, a pretty decent group all around. But we'll start right there at the defensive line position. And one where you saw Kyle Williams basically being the defensive line coach and being questioned and asked about how to, you know, how to help reach the players. And if he's, you know, yelling at him enough, if he's motivating him enough, if he's going over film enough. I mean, is there I mean, I know you were an ex-football player yourself. Is there anything to, like, a, a vocal leader like that? Is that a real thing? Sure, yeah. I mean, first off, you're just – you're getting the knowledge off of a guy who's been in the league that long. And sometimes, you know, you should be listening to your coaches, and sometimes that sort of leadership comes off in the off-field stuff because, you know, sometimes being a professional is just as hard as being a football player uh, in a professional league. So – Having a mentor all the way around like that is a great thing. But, yeah, I mean, on the field coach, uh, he he knows how the defense works. He was already in it. He's a smart guy. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, I'd rather see him on the field, but I don't think there's any harm in it at all. It can really only help. I mean, I think you can get some guys who have personalities that maybe turn certain players off a little bit uh, who might think that they're leaders, but it certainly seems like, you know, everybody, if you ask them who do they respect on this team, it's him, it's, you know, Lorenzo, it's those sort of guys. I mean, it's pretty universal. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, good for him for stepping up, even, you know, at this point where it looks like he's going to miss some time. Yeah, it definitely does look like he's definitely week to week at this point. And, I mean, it, I've been going through a lot of my 53-man roster projection just because, I mean, I think it's a good thing to talk about and everyone can read updates and kind of determine their own roster sure go ahead um everyone said hey isn't just kind of a guess and I mean it really is just a guess it's not like I, I sit down with you know coach McDermott and we go through Kevin's list but I mean I think it's a really good starting point and 
you know, one that I talked about with Nick yesterday, but there is still a good amount to talk about here, Jason. I want to talk about D-tackle with Kyle down and week to week. And obviously you have your starting star, Latula and Harrison Phillips, where you will be your starter while Kyle's down if he misses one game or two games, if at all. Then you have Adolphus Washington right behind there. Who is there a backup you'd want to see? I know you've been pushing Ricky Hatley. Is he still your your fourth, you know, your first guy out or maybe first guy, last guy in type of player? Maybe only because he could play the sort of one tech role um, and plays that need it. And if you're going to move Harrison Phillips who, up, who I guess was sort of training in both positions, uh, if he's the guy that's going to be playing for Kyle Williams, you know, a considerable amount of the time, maybe you want to just keep a guy like Hatley. He's almost like a, you know, I, I, I can't say that I've saw like all, all of these great things out of him as a flashy player or whatever. Um, but, you know, he might just be the sort of like a strategy style sort of keep where they just want an extra big guy there. Um, I'm interested in seeing Tyron Walker. Uh, He's got some NFL experience, so we'll see. But, you know, the, losing Kyle Williams is a hit. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And really, I just want to see the best guy out there. I, I don't think Tenny Palapoy getting cut that early, you know, what first was day it, of camp, f- yeah. first day of camp, and we thought maybe that was a conditioning thing or whatever it was, but that doesn't, you know, he's behind it at this point. So, I mean, I'm not looking for one person to do it. I'm looking just for any person to do it because I do think that we need another quality defensive tackle at this point. Yeah, and Hatley has a head up, you know, head up on it. I thought the pretty, you know, the starting four, you know, call it rotational guys, they'll be active on game days with Washington and Phillips as well as Williams and Starla Tule. I, th- I think that that's a pretty solid four. I don't have any issues with it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost not quite as like good as you're going to get, but it's, it's pretty solid and there's not much tweaking needed with Williams on his way out and Walker and Palapoy coming back in the fold, you know, just a couple of days ago, really. I mean, Hatley's got to have a heads up and I think that they will keep a fifth defensive tackle if Kyle can't go week one. I mean, I really do think they'll keep a, they'll, they, they like to rotate that. So I do think that not only what Hatley or Walker maybe make this team, even Palapoy being brought back still is a sign that like, you know, you came in over overweight and, or not knowing the playbook one or the other, there's no other reason to get cut from a 90 man that early. Um, and now you're able to come back in the fold. Like you, they have to like you, right? Like that, that's interesting. Sure. Like, why would they bring you back? I mean, that could have been part of the plan anyways. I mean, send a message and then lose some weight. And come if back there's, kind of yeah, if they, you know, you come back here and you look like you're ready to play football, then do that. I, I actually feel bad about talking about him that way because I'm not, you know, we don't know exactly what happened, but you know, things would point to that yeah. basically being the case. But even before he was in camp and obviously with Walker, like Hatley's been on this team since, you know, last season, you know, late last season, he played, you know, uh, the last two regular season games, I believe, or the last regular season game in the playoff game, he was active. Uh, so uh, he's probably got a heads up or a head up on those guys anyways. So um, I'm interested to see how it plays out. And certainly, Kyle Williams going down puts a, uh, you know, gives a spot yep, to another yeah. player. And then, and then we're getting to defensive end here. I mean, another position that was, you know, highlighted on the Bills Embedded Show, where they get, which gives you a good inside look to meetings in the room. And they did get into a little bit more than I thought that they would for a quote-unquote team-released show. Um, they did start to get into some exact specifics about how they feel about each specific defensive lineman um, and a couple, couple other defensive players, but we're starting here at D-line. Trent Murphy was a guy brought up as, you know, really buying in the culture, being a guy that knew how to compete, even though he, you know, lost a whole season and 
um, you know, in his contract year essentially and still got paid from it. Um, but a guy that didn't know, you know, how bad his injury could be, if he'd, he'd even get a contract, if he, you know, worked out well and uh, whatnot. But he was a guy that was highlighted as pretty, pretty focal point of this team. I know I, I've heard people like caught him and they, they, they want to know the salary cap ramifications of it. I think you're crazy to assume that. I think if he has a really poor year in and out of the lineup, I think you can start to think about it in the offseason as there's some revocable money there. But he's a guy that's going to start for you when healthy. Um, and, and pushing Shaq Lawson into a depth rotational guy. And I really like, I mean, Eddie Yarbrough is another guy that, and, and Jerry Hoos too, but Eddie Yarbrough was said by this coaching staff to be the hardest working and had one of the best camps in the entire defense. Uh, it's interesting from a pretty talented defense to, to, to say that about your third slash fourth rotational defensive end. Um, so I, I think it's a really strong, if, if Murphy's healthy, Yarbrough's playing at a high level, Shaq's playing at a high level. I think it's a really good unit, Jason. And, and um, I'm really excited to see them get after it. And, and there's a couple of backups. I really like Mike Love was said to have the third best uh, pass rushing grade in the entire preseason so far. Um, so that, that's an interesting note. Ryan Russell has some, some solid NFL sacks underneath him and Terrence Fade has shows flashes. So, I mean, what do you do with this unit and what kind of, what do you make of, you know, the, 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 the kind of the picture of it. I have him keeping five. I have actually have him keeping Ryan Russell, but I, man, I, I think it's tough to keep Mike Love off this roster. Kind of what, what, where do you stand on it? Yeah, I guess you could think that you could sneak Mike Love into a, a practice squad being a, you know, an undrafted guy. It's, it, you'd think it's probably easier to sneak guys by at this point with, you know, 40 guys getting cut from every team, basically. Uh, but I, I think the top four is solid. You could see where it could go wrong if it does. I mean, mm-hmm. Trent Murphy could get hurt. Shaq Lawson could play like he did the last two years, basically, or get hurt. Eddie Barbrough wasn't exactly a dynamic play last year. Player last year, he was a good fill-in for you know a journeyman type of player. But you can definitely see the upside of the group. And Jerry Hughes and Trent Murphy are sack guys. And Shaq Lawson's got the talent, and I, I tend to think that they're probably going to be on the positive side uh, b- before, you know, a higher percentage of that than the negative side for this. And the and the backup guys are interesting. Russell's interesting. They had interest in him. They waited a little bit. They ended up signing him. Uh, they like Fide. Uh, I mean, they like Matt Boson too. Really, I, he made a play in the first game, and then, and then Mike Love has been really disruptive against the thirds. So. It'll be interesting him with the two. I think Mike Love needs. A I, I was going to say. I think it'll be interesting to see if those guys, if they start moving those guys around a little bit. If you know Shaq Lawson, who who played a lot in the first game for sure, maybe he gets a little less playing time, and and Mike Love comes in to see him against some second offensive lineman instead of third offensive lineman because there's really nothing worse and on any roster in preseason than third offensive lines. You really don't get to see much from it. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that they're going to be good. I still probably wouldn't overthink it. Maybe they they go with five, but I mean I think the top four is 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 set, and then it just comes down to who do they think they can't sneak onto a practice squad. Who who do they like salary wise, and who do they like sort of their effort and buying into this team wise? You know. Yeah, that was one of the questions that you saw Sean McDermott ask was. And Brandon Bean, even like, are these, is everyone in your room buying into this? Because we need to know if they're not, I mean, there's a focal point. If, if someone's not buying in and they say they're the third or fourth guy and they're not necessarily, they're just kind of out there for themselves, that that guy's not making the roster. They was asked bluntly to each, each positional coach. So that's, that is a fun note to know that if they're not in it, if they're not in the culture, if they're not really feeling like they're part of the, the room, 
so to say, um, they're, they're not going to get edged out like a guy like Mike Love. So, you know, that's, that's a no, and, and specifically defensive end, which does seem to have, you know, a, a group of guys that would buy in. But if there's a battle between Ryan Russell and Mike Love, you know, who's buying into that culture is, could be a deciding factor um, on who, who they're going to keep and who they're not going to keep. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's an interesting group. I want to see more of it. And that's why I like preseason game four. I still think three jobs or three to four jobs are, are, are made on preseason game four. So if you've got nothing to do next Thursday, a week from tomorrow, uh, preseason game four is, is out against at the bears. So you don't even have to waste your ticket money or your season ticket, uh, you know, a season ticket to this. Um, it is, you know, on TV, sit down and watch it and actually see if someone plays their way onto the rosters, you know, most notably at this, maybe fourth to fifth defensive end and defensive tackle position group. So go out there, check that out. I, I mean, I think there's some really good things that can be taken out of that fourth preseason game, even though people don't really like to watch it. Yeah. And, but I, I think a thing to note too, is that especially with this team and, and especially with um, cuts sort of the way they are right now, you're not just fighting, you know, Mike Love and Terrence Fade aren't the only people fighting with each other. You're fighting with the entire league. You know, if you do the multiplication, I mean, we're talking thousands of players are going back into the player pool. And, I mean, we did it last year, right? I mean, we didn't even keep 53 players, under. right? I think they cut under. If I think they cut under just knowing that they were going to sign guys. Made a trade, and cut under. They did a couple of things. Um, so you're, I mean... Even in in previous regimes, even with Whaley and whatever, usually between cut day and the first game, second game, there's four or five guys that are already off the team. So you're really trying to prove your worth. You're trying to prove, you know, they sign guys back all the time in week three, and they go sit in the practice squad or they they're inactive the rest of the year. So, uh, or you know, Connor McDermott might be thinking right now, man, I'm not going to make this team. But he could fight for a way to get back on the practice squad, get on to the inactive ninth, 10th lineman sort of job and string his way along to next year. I mean, that's not super exciting, but I think you still see guys who have futures on this team are going to be really fighting for them. And, yeah, I mean, five, I would say five or six guys are probably still – playing for their jobs at that point. And I think there's a guy or two at the defensive tackle slash defensive end position that might make another roster too. So we'll see about that. Um, we're going to get into the linebacker and defensive back here next, as well as previewing the Cincinnati game, just a brief, quick preview of what we're trying to look for. But I did want to take a moment to mention that Locked On is going to Locked On to College. Uh, today launches a college channel for Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a fan of Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Baylor, Penn State, Oregon, or BYU, Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and follow for free. It's a Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I know there's a couple of those teams um, that I see all the time and being represented around the Western New York areas. We don't have like a staple BCS program, even though I'm a very large University of Buffalo fan. But go out there, check out your local teams, and check out any any team that you're missing in college. A lot of great shows out there that we're, we're going to go ahead and show. But Jason, linebacker. Um, it, it, it's an interesting group. It's one that McDermott said early on he – was his favorite unit. Uh, we've since seen a pretty bad struggling Matt Milano um, slash weak linebacker spot. And I haven't liked what I've seen from the backups at all. Um, a couple of, couple of plays made by Keenan Robinson. I've liked, but Vallejo struggled. Julian Stanford has struggled. Um, you know, Tremaine Edmonds struggled and, you know, a couple of early plays, but really picked it up. But I mean, is there anything you like from this room? I haven't keep him six. Um, you know, pretty much admins Milano, Lacey, Humber, and, and Keenan Robinson, I think, is the sixth guy. I think he can do a little bit of everything. I just haven't seen enough from my guy Woodson Luster, or I think they try to squad Vallejo, and I just don't like the way Stanford plays. 
Yeah, this group might struggle. I'm not – we'll have to see on Milano whether he's, he's, he's ready yet because we made a pretty big assumption that he was a solid starter, and I'm, I'm not sure that he is anymore. I, I talked about it at length last time I was on, so go listen to about two episodes ago if you want to hear me complain about Matt Milano's performance in the preseason game. But, I mean, what I saw I liked. Lorenzo still seems functional at, at his position. Uh, mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds looks every bit of the athlete that he was, you know, supposed to be. I think he looks exactly where he's supposed to be in in August 2018 as a 20-year-old mid-first-round pick with great athletic potential. I, if he's a step faster on his reads, then he is going to be a, a Pro Bowl type player. And even seeing the the few struggles that he had, it's just reading an NFL game at this point. I think that'll come along. You just have to see plays. Um, the backups, yeah, there's not much to it. I'm not sure that I saw – because I, I thought Vallejo and Stanford really were just as good or bad as – definitely Lacey was in games. I know he's gotten rave reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Humber, you know, Robinson. I think they're all fighting. I think that there's five guys fighting for three spots. I don't really see any real reason to keep more than that, but it's possible with – what, how much they put on special teams at this point. Sometimes they like to keep the extra linebackers for guys that are just going to run down and sort of be versatile in those sort of uh, those situations. So we'll see. The, the At last seven guys end up being special teams players anyway, so it just comes down to whether they want to distribute that among an extra running back, an extra receiver, an extra linebacker, an extra safety. So I, I do – I would love to see something really encouraging happen from the group because I did start to get a little down when I was watching Carlos Hyde, who I think is objectively a bad running back, just run all over us. And then Nick Chubb, who I think could be pretty good, but ran for like nine carries for 11 yards in his first preseason game and then did the same thing, you know, did a really good game for us too. So we're going to have to see, but I would love to. That's definitely the position I'd like to see improvement probably on the whole team. Yeah, I agree with that. And who's your, so through the half, this, you know, half the preseason or even more, I guess, you know, training camps over two preseason games done really, really like a week left of this. Who's your six that you're, are you keeping six and, and who are, who are you keeping? Yeah. I, I, I Lorenzo train Milano. You almost have to, at this point, cause I don't think anybody's been special. You have to trust what they've been doing in practice. I, I would say Lacey and Humber are on. And then who's your sixth just, and final? I would, I was going to say Vallejo, but I just think getting demoted at the point to Stanford is an indication that the Stanford's special teams and his linebacking might just be ahead. Keenan Robinson kind of got into the game late. I'll keep, I'm going to keep seven right now. Say that okay. Stanford and Robinson and that they're just going to be taking a lot of special teams out of this group. And, okay. and really, I mean, all those guys going back to Humber two years ago or whatever was signed for special teams. So, you know, it's like probably four, four or five of these guys, you know, everybody but Edmonds and Milano was pretty much added to this. Team. Even Milano, I guess, drafted in the late rounds, was added to this team for their special teams ability. But I guess that's how it goes in the NFL. You prove yourself on special teams and then – that's how you make the team. So, and and D back now. I mean, Trey White, Vontae Davis, Philip Gaines, Taron Johnson are pretty much on the roster as well as obviously Hyde, Poyer, Bush. 
Um, and I don't know if, I mean, I, I think Marlowe's like close to being on the roster as a special teamer slash, you know, big nickel, but slash, you know, fourth safety. Um, the big question is who are you keeping? Are you keeping five safeties and five corners? Are you keeping five and four? Kind of what's, what's your breakout? Are you keeping six and four, five and five? Like what's your breakout on, on what you think they should keep based on this talent pool? I wouldn't be crazy shocked if they kept four corners and five safeties, at least to start, like on 53 day. I could see five and five or four and five. I I think four corners and five safeties. Okay. It could happen. I I don't think anything crazy happened after the top four. I think they've been trading Philip Gaines inside and outside. And there's multiple, multiple of those guys sort of, Big Nickel, Raphael Bush, and, and Neil, really, um, who could kind of move around in those positions, too. Nobody nobody was 100% certain where Neil was going to play in the NFL, uh, whether he, he could maybe project a cornerback just with his athleticism. I don't, I don't see that at all. But uh, I, I, I think they might just go for keeping the talent in Neil, not, not getting rid of the draft pick and just saying – you know, we're going to have another shot at a Levi Wallace or a Lafayette Pitts or Brian Borders later down the road when they come up and we can get by with this. Yeah, I think I, I don't think that's a crazy idea. I mean, I haven't keeping um, Levi Wallace just because I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they're, they're just supposed to be bringing in Kayvon Webster. Um, so I, we'll see what happens at this cornerback spot. Is that, I, to me, it's a spot that they're going to, they're going to add to. I think they're going to add a fifth corner slash defensive back here. So could be right they could cut down and make a move um but i i think the the point of it is nine spot we'll call it eight, eight spots are fairly locked in with you know your top four corners and your top four safeties i think they're gonna keep neil to make it to make a lock in nine nine spots um yeah. but it's whether they're gonna keep another corner or not whether they're gonna keep wallace or, or borders or pitch which they could and then eventually cut them um but so it's i, I think the eight's fairly safe neil's probably safe to make nine. And I think that that's the, probably the easiest entire position group on the team. I think you can, I don't, I don't, I don't anticipate much there um, outside of a crazy signing or something happening there. So really, I think it's a really strong unit, Jason and going, you know, kind of did want to take a quick, quick, quick time, you know, quick, another quick mention to go ahead and review us on iTunes, you know, lockdown bills is, you know, one of your local daily podcasts. We bring it to you every day. We're, we're, we're here. We're looking at it. We're going through it. You know, we know these players. We've listened to them. We've seen them play. Um, so we're, we're not going to just give you a high-level PFF ranking. We're going to actually tell you what they're doing and why they shouldn't make this team. So, so take a moment to review us on iTunes. You're locked on Bills. Jason, wanted to get into a quick, 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 quick Bengals game uh, recap, or excuse me, pregame, really, that's going to happen this Sunday at 4 o'clock. What are you hoping to take out of that game? We're going to talk about high level here. We're not going to get nitty gritty. Um, are you looking at, you know, it's a dress rehearsal. Josh Allen's probably going to play a half. Are you looking at the team to move the ball at will? Are you looking at offensive line to step up? What's, what's going to happen here for the dress rehearsal for you? Like what's, what, what's really sticking out? Uh, Josh Allen being accurate and making good decisions would be nice. Okay. Uh, he, he could throw for another 60 yards again, but if he limits turnovers, if he is mostly accurate, I think I'd be really happy with that. I thought the first offensive line, even though I think a lot of blame is being put on like McCarron, I think mm-hmm. they did not look very good. Um, that gave me a small amount of worry. Uh, so a, a first offensive line performing well would be really good. Uh, and the linebacker improvement. 
I, I feel pretty confident in defensive line and defensive backs. I honestly think we could probably put together enough uh, two receivers and Charles Clay and LaShawn McCoy to equal a, a decent passing game if the quarterback plays well. I think I think we could put that together. I, I'm worried about the, the the offensive line could break down everything, and and if we finish in the low t- or the high twenties again, and in run stopping, and the linebackers aren't doing their job, uh, those are you know ways we've struggled in the past before, and I I, I think it would it would hurt again on a team that does have you know a good amount of talent at certain positions. Agreed. I mean, I, I, I'm out there looking for, I want to see progress. I want to see this thing move forward. I want to say, I just watched that dress rehearsal and I, and I saw from the team that they, they're getting better on the offensive line. They're showing that they have some weapons. Some of these receivers are coming forward. They're able to play defense and stop the run. I want to see them stop the freaking run. Like, I don't think that that's too much to ask for. Uh, it was a problem last year. We, we've shown to play good pass defense and be opportunistic, but I want to see them stop the run. I don't care if it's just preseason. They did okay at it in week one really faltered last week to show that one player out of position really crushes the style of defense. Really, I mean, there was gaping holes in the, in, in the first quarter. They, they did shore it up a little bit, got a little bit better against Duke Johnson and Chubb a little bit. Even Chubb rushed for 11 for 55, not still a pretty good clip there. Um, but I, I, I want to see them improve the running defense. Like, I need that to improve to, to tell me that they're going to be better than last year and maybe they're not going to be better than last year, but that's what I'm looking at. Are you looking at, are you looking at the run defense or is there anything – Jumping out to you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the run defense, and you know, that, that's the whole front seven there. But I really thought that the linebackers made some pretty slow to poor reads on a lot of those plays. Mm. And you know, once they were kind of getting through the line, it was just lots and lots of open space, and your normal three to four yard gains were turning into you know eleven or twelve, and we we just can't do that. So I I uh. Yeah, I mean, run defense, I, I'm not worried about pass defense right now, honestly. And that makes me feel pretty good because, you know, passing's a much bigger part of the league at this point. But those running plays are just killer. And big chunks of yardage on plays that don't need to give those up are, 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 are just really just decimate your team, make your t- defense tired, you know, all, all of that, all the stuff that's been there for, you know, the last – 60, 70 years of football, they still exist even if they're passing more. So, yeah, I think run defense and uh, passing offense are okay. really my two focuses there. All right. I'm looking into it. Look, check that out once again, obviously, Sunday. Uh, a couple of lockdown notes we're going to be taking out of that. I'll be doing a lockdown crossover edition show. Um, we're going to be getting the Cincinnati inside, how they're doing at camp know what they're looking on their perspective all that Andy Dalton stuff and you know them looking forward to coming to the play here and kind of probably getting getting pretty big applause so check that out we're gonna do a locked over crossover with locked on Bengals uh it's gonna be a really good addition a really good show so that that should be up for you at the end of the week um from I mean once again we're gonna be your local daily podcast host so from locked on bills I'm Kevin Nasseri and that's Jason Shannon thanks guys